Exclusively on CBS All Access, a legend returns. I have a mission. There's not a hell of a chance for somebody to stop me. Patrick Stewart in Star Trek Picard. Now streaming only on CBS All Access. I'm Dominic Patton, Senior Editor-in-Chief TV Critic for Deadline Hollywood, and we are at the end of the Star Trek Picard podcast season one, as we are at the end of Star Trek Picard, which just dropped a little while ago on CBS All Access, its final episode. Now, episode 10, let's be honest, is really part two of a two-part finale that was co-written by Michael, by showrunner Michael Shavon, but also more than anything, I'm looking at this as a movie, because that's really what this is. And with that movie... We have director Akiva Goldsman joining us as he did last week. And today, back for the first time since our first, very first podcast, is Jean-Luc Admiral Jean-Luc Picard himself, Sir Patrick Stewart. for us? We'll worry about that later. Status report on the Romulans. Come on, Doctor. Uh, the attack wing is seven minutes from Planetfall. Any sign of Starfleet? No, but even if your message got through, they'd still be behind the Romulans. We've got to find a way to stall them somehow. And, of course, hope that the Federation arrives. Yeah? And then? I mean, say we do find a way to hold off the Romulans. We save Soji. Now she and the Golden Children are free to call up the Uber since, and then Vapor and Ash, a galactic-level biocidal event. Well, clearly we've got to stop them, too. They've left us behind, Picard. They're generations beyond us. In one sense, yes. But in another, as you said, they are children. And until now, the only teachers that they've had are a couple of hermits and the fear of extermination. But fear is an incompetent teacher. Yes, they have life. But no one is teaching them what it's for. To be alive is a responsibility, as well as a right. How are they supposed to learn that lesson in six minutes and 11 seconds? The way the children learn most things. By example. Sir Patrick Stewart, we're so glad to have you back with us. We wanted to know more than more than anything before we get into the specifics of the second part of this two-part finale, or as I'm calling it, the Picard movie, because that's what it looked like to me. Akiva, awesome job behind the uh, behind the camera there, my friend. Uh, as to everyone else, um, thank you, Pat, Sir, Sir Patrick. What does it feel like for you now that this part of the return of Picard is? is completed, that we are now launching into a whole new adventure, that we have come back, that this has been, what has this ride been like for you? You mean the most recent one? Yes, the most recent one. Well, um, it, it, it only happened with a lot of preparation and a lot of very careful thought. And, um, and as Akiva will testify, um, quite a lot of interviewing, too, and expressing of uh, uh, the deepest and most profound feelings about, <clears throat> excuse me, re- resurrecting Jean-Luc. 
Um, once I had a strong sense of where Alex and Akiva and Michael um, and Kirsten were going, um, I very quickly then became eager to become a part of it. I mean, not just, you know, to pay my dues, but r truly eager to explore, as we had all discussed in those early meetings, what would have happened to a man like Jean-Luc if he had lived through the, the kind of um, uh, world experience that, that we were talking about in the writer's room? I mean, in the 18 years that had passed since we last saw him on the bridge of the Enterprise, or I think what was left of the Enterprise once yeah. Marina Sirtis had smashed it into pieces. Actually, I think, didn't Marina crash two of our, of our ships? I think she did. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, there's and, a gag here know, about yeah. driving, but we should probably skip it. <laughs> oh, no, really? Oh, well, yeah. I, do, I, I mean, I, I do have to say, I mean, you know, I remember when we talked about this on the very first podcast when, when, the, when the series <laughs> debuted, and I remember you talked about the maturation of the man, how he had changed. You know, Jonathan, uh, what, the wonderful Jonathan Franks, uh, joined us, and Akiva as well, uh, a few weeks ago. And he talked about how you had changed as a person and how that informed the character. And he talked about the vulnerabilities and the, the difference. And I wanted to know for you, at the end of this episode, at the end of the finale, clearly Jean-Luc is literally born anew. And for you, you know, what, what surprised you about this revival? What, you know, I know that every fan in the world has reached out to you, including a former presidential candidate, Mayor Pete. But I wanted to know what surprised you. What did you see in it and think, wow, I didn't see that coming for myself? Hmm. Well, I, I didn't see any of it coming for myself. That's the right. point. But, but again, I've got to stress it was only when I came face to face with our brilliant and creative team that I realized that what I had been all the time complaining about in the 18 years between whenever people would come to me with ideas for a, an, another next generation series or something like it, um, that, that the questions that Picard would be being asked would be very different questions. And his responses to those questions would be unlike the responses he might have given uh, back from the bridge of the Enterprise all those years ago. And um, this is what interests me. Diversity in anything that I do, contrast between the last thing that I did is always number one for me, followed mm -hmm. by you know, quality. And that's what turned me on about returning to Star Trek Picard, because I was intrigued by the man I would have to search for in myself, uh, who was transformed by the experiences that he had. You see, you use the word that he matured in this episode. Well, he got older, but actually in terms of a psychological and emotional maturity, he'd actually gone backwards. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Was, that's true. 
he he wasn't coping with this new situation he found himself in, and he didn't know how to handle two things, the sense of guilt about Data's death and his uh, wrong-minded decision with regard to the Romulan refugees and what happened there. um, Resigning from his post and therefore resigning from his job as the man who was singled out to rescue these uh, these alien people um, w- was a, 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 a dreadful mistake, a calamitous mistake almost. And he was not living with the truth of that at all. So he, he's now. He's well, now, not now, now, he, now here's a question. Here's a question I have for you, and I, and I ask it of Akiva, too. And we want to go into some of the specifics of this finale, which I have to say, Sir Patrick, honestly, like, again, I know it was two hours of television, but as I've said many times, you know, I often consider those, those two hours of uh, the, the end of that one season, the beginning of the other one, when the board were first introduced as some of the best two hours of television. This was pretty damn close. And you guys really, really knocked this out of the, out of the park or out of the galaxy, so to speak, with this ending. But I wanted to get a, I, I wanted to get, and Akiva, I really want to know what you think too, is, you know, with that, with that change, with that, with that arc that we've seen over this first season, for you guys, and Sir Patrick, I say this as much as you playing John Luke as you being an executive producer on the show, a creative executive producer, where is John Luke now, as he says at the very end of season one finale, engage and his new team take off into the galaxy together? Where is he at he, now? He has no idea where he is at because he has no idea what the future now might hold for him, which is what I think makes the, the matter of season two so exciting. Um, he has pulled off a very, very successful mission throughout the first 10 episodes of season one. And he feels that therefore he can be certain that his abilities have not become fractured. His skills as um, an ambassador, as a negotiator, as a decision maker are still present given that he can bring to them the right sort of mental uh, attitude and focus. And I think, and this is what I told myself when we were shooting those last moments of the bridge of the ship before I said engage, um, he is actually excited by the ignorance that he feels about the future. He doesn't know, and he would rather be at the point of undertaking he doesn't something that he doesn't know anything about than sitting on the veranda of his vineyard in France. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think What do you that, think, Akiva? I, I agree and I and I think that well, I was just sort of sitting here. I, I've become sort of so uh, <laughs> you know, uh, the, the 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 boy in me just sits here and listens to your voice, and I just get so delighted by the fact that well, we Akiva, Akiva, I, 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 I believe I can I can to take a word from the take a line from the bard that I've heard so recently. We are such stuff as <laughs> indeed. I, I have to say, I have to say, Sir Patrick, you really got me when you did that. You nailed me that time. 
Well, I, I think <laughs> I think that you know what Picard went through, you know, and, and this is sort of this collaborative art that is our show, right? So this this sort of and, and so I, when I say Patrick, I say Patrick both as actor and as storyteller, um, or storyteller outside of acting. You know, um, we there's this arc which actually you know does land, or at least in theory, which is an arc of rebirth. Um, I think we wanted very much on purpose to start with somebody who, as Patrick said, had sort of sunken backwards into the idea of the end. Um, if not conscious, if not if not consciously, then unconsciously. That um, you know, as he, the character says early on, I haven't been living; I, I've been waiting to die. And um, we kind of delivered on that promise, although in a way that I, I hope was unexpected. So. You know, um, Jean-Luc Picard is thrust out into the galaxy again, discovers that um, the legacy left behind is not the one that he imagined, uh, has to come to terms with um, who he can be now. Um, and he, he does it by sort of trying to heal this fault that has arisen, this mm-hmm. sort of division between humans and synthetics, a, a prejudice, a bias, and um, has to face some of his own pre- preconceptions. And and then at the end, you know, as is Picard's want, right, will give his very life for the idea of love and unity uh, and equality. Um, and in order to do that uh, and to put our money where our mouths were, we had one of two choices. We could either actually kill him, which seemed like a terrible fucking idea, um, because, you know, we got him for three years, and we just slowly, you know, you got, I mean, Patrick you, into this idea that he could do Yeah, exactly. Him, you know, so that would suck, and, you know, and, and, and we all turned out to really like each other. So, so you know... Always, an, so, always an added benefit. Always, always an added benefit. benefit. You know, and so, uh, obviously there was the kind of dead, but we fix him by... Uh, you know, healing him with synth technology that's advanced and really he's fine um, and make him just human again. But we sort of thought, again, to put our money where our mouths are, uh, that Picard had to embody the philosophy that he had espoused, which is <clears throat> we are all as one, right? That we are, that there is no difference between synthetic and human. Life is life. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... Uh, you know, we challenged ourselves and the audience, we hope, uh, in a way that was pleasing, to say, well, do you feel that way? Will you feel that way if it's actually Picard who is now no longer human? Is he still Picard? Um, and I, I just thought, we, I think we all thought that was, you know, risky, but potentially correct and delightful. Um, and, you know, so uh, we chased it down. And that felt like a neat way to close out the arc, that he is really, uh, as Patrick says, he's made new. Um, and so, therefore, he's starting all over again um, with curiosity that is uniquely Picard's. Well, oh, hold on. <laughs> what is Gamadan? What is the story? It's just that. A story. A story of the end. Uh-oh. Everything. Like Ragnarok or Judgment Day. An ancient myth. Some say it dates back from long before our ancestors first arrived on Vulcan. The story of Gamadang begins with two sisters. Twin Kalagu. Demons. 
twin demons who come at the end of time to open the way and unleash the Chahalagun. Very bad demons. One sister is called Sednatan, the foreteller. She plays a drum made from the skin of children. She strikes it with a chain of skulls, so hard and so long that her heart bursts from the effort. The other sister is called Seb. Seb Shina? Yeah, so we know about her. So you know that she carries a horn from a great pale hell beast called Gamadan. You know when she blows a blast on the horn, it will unleash all the Chahalagu who have been waiting since the beginning of time. You know the sky will crack, and through the crack in the sky, the Chahalagu will come ravening. You know about the thousand days of pain. You know the streets will be slick with entrails of half-devoured corpses. You know the worlds will burn, and the Chahalagu will feast and nurse their brats on blood and pick their teeth with bones. No, we did not know any of that. But, I mean, you really, you really believe this is a, a prophecy? No. I believe it's history. There is another aspect to this which has been brought home to me um, uh, quite tragically in this past week and has made me reflect on where we might go because um, I, I know little about season two and I'm looking forward to the moment when, when uh, more information comes in my direction, which will I know. Oh. Very I could tell you. But, I could tell you. <laughs> but, you know, do, do, do you know uh, a guy, Akiva? Do you know a guy who knows know a guy? guy? I know a guy. Yeah. I, I have, um, I belong to a generation that is thinning out or being thinned out. The last few years have been uh, filled with sadness at the deaths of colleagues and friends, too. Um, some of the most influential people, in fact, I would say the most influential people in my life, Peter Hall, John Barton, Terry Hands, all directors with the Royal Shakespeare Company, have died. And, it's, it, and then this week, I lost two friends, an English actor, John Shrapnel, wonderful actor that I worked with at the RSC, and to my real grief, Max von Sydow, who he was not a close friend, but he and I got very close when we were working together on Dune back in mm. the year before Whoa. we started Next Generation. And it, 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 first of all, these impacts scared me because mm. I thought, well, then I'm being lined up. John Shrapnel was two years younger than me, and here I still am. What the fuck do I think I'm doing? You know, uh, it, could, it could happen to me at any time. And so reflecting on that in the past few days, coupled with all of the coronavirus horror that's going on at the moment, I decided, Patrick, if ever there was a time to live, it was right now. Mm, and yeah. that's, that is my, that's going to be my approach to whatever mm. lies in the future, because I don't know uh, I know, I, I know we've got season two in preparation, but that's it. And I think I can bring some of that same quality about still being alive to Jean-Luc in season two. And it's something that I would look forward to talking to you and to the rest of our team about in, in good time. 
Yeah, well, you had, Patrick, I would like to say you, you can certainly talk to me about it as well. But it, 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 as you say that, it makes me think of that. There, there's some beautiful scenes in the finale. And, and as you know, Akiva, I've said it before, and I'm going to say it again. I mean, you directed a, a fucking good movie here, man. Like, I, I, you know, there, there is, there is, a, a, there is if CBS, Viacom execs or ever want to listen to anything I ever have to say, there is a great little revenue stream of putting this out as a movie because that's what it is to me. It's almost like the bit like the first episodes of discovery were really a movie. This is beautiful. And the, and the launch off, but there's this beautiful moment, Patrick, we, when you're with Allison and, 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 and as we, as we talk a little bit more, I want to talk about moments because we don't do recaps of the finale here. We talk about, we, you know, as I call it, the geo poetics behind it, but, um, and, and, and Michael, and, and Michael Shabon has been a wonderful partner to talk about a lot of that with, but there's that great scene with you with Allison where you talk about you're going to do this like you do, like what children do, where they learn by example. And Allison turns to you and she uses your line of make it so. These beautiful, beautiful lines. And as, as, we, you know, as we, we talked about earlier, the use of Shakespeare later on. As an actor, were there some new muscles for you that you had to, you had to flex in Picard? And, and Akiva, as a director, how was that working with Patrick? Well, I'll go first. I mean, this, you know, directing Patrick and being uh, in collaboration with Patrick is sincerely one of the honest, best joys of my professional life. Um, it is, you know, um, I mean, I've had a lot of good luck standing around a lot of movie sets and TV sets in one capacity or another with a lot of... You would that be the "I have an Oscar in my house"? Good luck. That's yeah, but that's the way we say it. We say it. Yeah, I like that. It's like, it, and then it's understated, like but kind of flashing it, it a little. Yeah, 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 a little, yeah. a little death row records yeah, for us today. Yeah, yeah nice. exactly. Right, and um, uh, you know, I would sincerely put my time with this gentleman um, up against any moment with any of uh, the professionals I've had a chance to. Uh, spend time with and, and, and make things with. And uh, and I also kind of love him. I don't know how that happened. Um, so it's a really um, extraordinary combination. Uh, he is nimble and delightful and super smart and knows the character and is, wants to experiment and is open to direction and has a real clear point of view. And you know, it's that combination of things that, by the way, in fairness, you'd love for somebody to have um, when they have done it um, as long and as well as he has, but you don't count on it. Um, and, uh, and and then when you pair it with just the sort of sheer unadulterated talent, which is vaguely startling, um, uh, it's, it's honestly... Um, uh, it's unparalleled, um, and uh, I feel insanely lucky to have gotten to do it. Um, and uh, still a little pinching of myself. Um, so um, now he will be just really hard to work with after that speech. But but I meant it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, thank you, Akiva. I I. I treasure and cherish those words from you because they could not be come from a, a more meaningful individual. Thank you. Um, and it's, it's, it, I mean, this, as I 
said about this experience of losing two people this week. Um, it, it, I, I know what both John and Max would want from the, if they were to be living for another 10, 15, 20 years. And so that's, that's what I'm going to pursue too. And I think, I think we're going to find <clears throat> some new kind of energy in Picard. I, I mean, sure, he's 90, 90, how old is he, Akiva? 94, old, 94. 90, 94, yeah. Well, I will be 80 by the time we wrap episode one of, uh, of the second season. And, um, you know, uh, that's, that's, uh, that's a lot of years. Um, but I, I feel that there is so much more um, to do and to come that it's, it's having, having in a very satisfactory way uh, and as we've heard in this conversation, in, in what a lot of people feel is, is, is a very exciting way. Um, th this is the perfect place to be as we mull over and where do we go from here, folks? I mean, the, the, the end of, uh, of episode 10 of the season could have been the end of the series. Yeah. Yeah. We, yeah. we would have said a great deal that really needed saying in that time. But, you know, um, you, you asked, was there any, did you ask, were there any regrets about this? That, and was there anything else that I might want to have done? Well, well yeah, I mean, I, you, know, you know, I always wonder that. I mean, as, as we chat, I always wonder that. It's, 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 you know, Sir Patrick, you, you, you do constantly amaze me. And I know I fanboy it up a lot, even though I, I, I think you're a great, a, a great mate. But you know, it, everything you just said reminds me of that line from the from the finale of "Mortality gives meaning to human life." You know, my my beloved godmother, my aunt June, who who passed away at the end of January at the age of ninety three, she would listen to these podcasts and she would ask me and and she would say to me, "Oh, that Patrick Stewart, I like him so much." And she would say she talked about seeing you in I Claudius, and she talked about oh. she talked about that and and and. and and when you were Sejanus, and and the, 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 to look at the scope of your career and to hear you speak now, and please don't take this the wrong way, but you sound like a young man who's just entered the game, and I mean that with the greatest compliment. Well, <laughs> there could be a good reason for that, you know. <clears throat> I was never a teenager. There was too much responsibility that I had to take in my family. I was made, made head boy of my school, which meant that I had to attend meetings with the headmaster and the staff and so forth, representing the pupils. And then I went to drama school and found myself in the company of a lot of young people far better educated than I was. And that was quite intimidating. Um, and so teenage, you know, wildness, irresponsibility, fun and games, discovering sexuality, all of those things just didn't happen to me at all. Mm -hmm. so, I, I, have, I have determined that now is as good a time as any to try and do that, you know, to, to, to explain, what, you know, why can one not be, in some senses, a teenager when you're 18? Well, let me ask you, and Akiva, I would love to get this from you, too, because this is something I know many of our listeners 
wrote in to me after we did the, the two episodes with Jonathan. And Jonathan so profoundly spoke about, and Akiva was there for that, profoundly spoke about his relationship with you, his pleasure in directing you, his pleasure in being on screen with you. And we got to tell you, everybody kind of jumped when acting captor, Captain Will Riker shows up in this episode. It sort of yeah. feels like... It sort of feels like here comes the fucking cavalry. And it also is Admiral Picard's bet paid off. So I wanted to know from you and also to talk with, with Jerry, obviously, but specifically with Jonathan, what has that been like reengaging with your old friend like that on multiple levels creatively on this show? Well, you know, in a sense, there was never a separation because all of us from Next Generation have remained in, in different ways in very close contact because we all love one another. And what Akiva just said about, about love uh, touched me deeply because it, it is how I feel when I think about Jonathan and Brent and Michael and LeVar and Gates and Marina. Um, the same thing. So th that, was, that was just like, uh, you know, we were going for dinner at the Tower Bar when we, when we met on the set, except except we weren't. We had lines to learn and he had directing to do. Um, but in, in one sense, it was as if nothing had ever changed. And because when you work with someone a lot, it's why I've always been drawn to permanent companies. I, I love the idea of the ensemble in a group of people who work creatively together week in, week out, month in, month out, year in, year out, and so forth. And, and that's what it's like with these people. What is extraordinary about Picard is that the principal group of actors in our new series already feel the same way that I feel about the Next Generation cast. I love mm. them all. I admire and respect them all. They're all decades younger than me. But it... it, it it not only doesn't matter, I actually love it because the energy that they bring me and the, the methods of work that they employ as much younger actors, I so respect and find inspiring that um, it's, it, <clears throat> it's just a continuation of, um, uh, of everything that happened on Next Generation. And Akiva, I've just, I've just lifted something up off my desk because we're in my study here. I wanted it's just four little four lines of an ode written by the poet Horace. Um, so it's they're very ancient words, and I I suddenly had them in my hand and knew that this could apply to season two. There are as following: Happy the man, and happy he alone. He who can call today his own. He who secure within can say, Tomorrow do thy worst for I have lived today. Um, that's Picard. And that Horace can write. Yeah. I feel like we've just had the perfect ending to the end of the first season of Picard and the podcast. And Sir Patrick, we, we love having you with us, and we're so glad you joined us. And you know how people feel about it, about the show. But Akiva, I, I, if I can, I almost want to add an epilogue, which is with Sir Patrick's poetics. Can you give us a little hint of where we're going in season two? 
Hmm. Well, I mean, to say no is not entirely coy um, because we're still working it out. Um, I think that uh, what we want to do is is what we sort of promised, I think, at the end of season two, which is I think, what we want to do is what I think we promised at the end of season one, which is um, a new day um, and a, a new uh, reinvigorated, uh, reborn, um, and therefore most essential Picard. Um, but how we do that, I think uh, the only thing I, I can tell you is we, we hope not to do it in precisely the way you expect, um, and we hope that uh, to satisfy you nevertheless. Well, we've definitely, I would say, uh, been satisfied immensely with the feast that is season one. Thank you so much, Sir Patrick. Thank you so much, Akiva, for joining us. And it's been a great ride. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you so much. And Akiva, I, I've got a feeling I've talked too much in this podcast. Yeah. So I promise you, I give you my word in front of witnesses. Next time we're face to face, it's your turn. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that is the end of our Star Trek Picard podcast for this season. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you to all our amazing guests, Sir Patrick Stewart, of course, Michael Shabon, Alex Kurtzman, Kirsten, Akiva. We've had uh, Jason Zimmerman, FX specialist, Jonathan Frank, so many people. Jerry Ryan, never forget the amazing Jerry Ryan. And I thank you for you guys for listening in. Now, if you aren't already subscribing, you can subscribe to Star Trek Picard podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts. But we've really enjoyed this ride. Thank you so much. And as the great man himself would say, engage.